right, here we are, Brothers Podcast. This is our first official episode, and I hope that you enjoy it. I'm here with my brother, Nate. Go ahead, Nate. Damn, you gonna <laughs> cut me off? Hold on, another brother, try to cut another brother. Uh, I'm Nate Daniel Cook, you know, your local, um, this truth teller. Um, I, like I said last week, I work for the National Basketball Association. Uh, you can see my columns out on inscriber.com right now, and I'm just pushing for truth and just want to hear the voice of the streets and give the streets um, a media voice. Yeah, my name is Jamil Payton. You catch me on Twitter. You catch me on Instagram. I'll give you that information at the end of the show. Um, I'm a recent college graduate with my master's degree in sociology, social justice. I'm a person that grew up in the inner city. I also grew up in the inner city school system. So I have a little bit of an axe to grind about a lot of issues that have relations with education and the poor distributing. He hates charter schools, basically. I don't hate charter schools. I just hate the functionality of the charter school and relations to the community. And we're going to get into that a little bit more. But again, this is the Brothers Podcast. Yes, and enjoy it. Welcome back, everyone. Um, you know, I think one of the biggest topics, not just in black, white culture, just in America culture, is the Jordan Davis case. Everyone knows about the case, the loud music case. Jordan Davis is unfortunately not with us anymore. Rest was, in peace. He was murdered by a racist vigilante who used his white privilege, basically, to take advantage of innocent kids. Um, there's so many different dynamics with this whole, whole trial. I think it um, sparks a lot of controversy, also fuels a lot of opinions. Um, this is not from the black, you uh, know, because I think that America thinks that, you know, if anything happens black and white, the black side is always the vigilante, the black side is always the angry side. No, we just want justice. And I think justice didn't prevail, even though Dunn will be spending the rest of his life in jail. Justice still didn't prevail because... What about the Davis family? What about the mother, his father, that has to go on without their son and still done, still wasn't tried and convicted of first-degree murder? The guy had a chance to leave the situation, even if he felt it was hostile. He had a chance to leave. But what did he do again? As many other cases that we've seen hundreds and times in this country, whites use their white privilege to take advantage of blacks. And they feel that if they feel any type of threat, and they use that as an excuse, whether it be a hoodie, loud music, backwards caps, anything. They feel like they can use that as fuel to kill another black person. You know, Nate, I actually agree with you. Usually when me and you have these spirited debates, um, now I guess you could say mm-hmm. not on air. You know, we always differ in certain um, aspects, but we don't differ here. Um, America, you are racist. You are a racist country. Yes. And it's just sad that as an institution... We have two examples to show us how a young black male has no value in this country. We still have statistics that prove that it is better to be a white male um, returning from uh, jail than to be a black male walking down the street with um, soda, Skittles, any other type of beverage that is you know that's a problem that that that's to me is just sad but again i'm not here saying that i hate all white people because that's just not true at all i was raised to love my neighbor the thing is the reality is that in this country a black male or minority 
has to watch themselves and behave accordingly because they're always nervous. And in 2014, we have to really pay attention to this because it is still happening to this day. It may not be radical. Well, at this point, it is it radical. It is radical when you pull out a damn gun <laughs> and just start going wild, wild west on innocent children. These are our children. Yeah, I mean, it is radical. I was just about to say something that was not true. This is radical. I mean, a young man walking down the street, stalked by another person and murdered in cold blood and then get off. And then you have another person mad about music. I understand. Thug music. It doesn't matter what music because I don't like heavy metal music half the time. But it doesn't mean I'm going out to my neighbor. And yes, I live in a middle class community that house other people other than... I really was enjoying them at the Super Bowl yes. halftime. I was one of the people tweeting, like, okay. yes, bring them back. Okay. But anyway, we, we digress. So, <laughs> truthfully, America, you have to understand, we recognize the racism. And it's not even institutionalized anymore. Um, again, it goes back to education. I always was swinging back there. But, you know, Nate, what do you think? Additional comments? Uh, my last comment is I think education has a big part to do with it. But I think that we need to start dismantling this white privilege that has been overcast over America since the beginning of time. It's just that whites feel, certain whites, and I'm going to speak the truth, feel like they have an undeniable right to use their authority just because they're white to do whatever they want to a black person. You know what? And that's so true. I like that you said some. You didn't say all. No. Cause I got a lot of white friends out there. I'm locking y'all. Yeah, it's some. Because you know what? It's just true. You, you you have a life that you live in this bubble. Then when you come out of your bubble, you get a little nerve, a nerve, disheveled, and you see a person walking, and all of a sudden, because he looks like the television show Law & Order, yeah. now you feel as though you have the right to act in a certain manner that is not favorable to how society standards are. Our standards should not be we're fearing you all the time and not fearing you because what you will do to us in that moment, fearing you about the long-term repercussions that may come from your fear of the unknown. Come on, wake up. Understand. We're not here to hurt you. It's just the way life is. But uh, again, that's how I feel about this. I feel it's messed up. I feel like those jurors on there can hide behind the Constitution all you want. But the reality is... You're racist. He, yeah. At the end of the day, you are. You you have to be. Because how can you sit here and not convict on murder, but convict on attempted murder? So, you're telling me, Nate, I'm walking down the street. If I just start shooting people, I'll get away with That's it. That's not attempted murder, no. No, no. If I shoot people and kill you, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Just don't miss. Yep. Don't miss. That's what they're saying. Don't miss. And the reason, the only reason he's in jail because he didn't kill the uh, the he missed his friends. He missed. He missed. He missed. Don't miss. All right, (laughs) we're going in this topic. It's sad. I'm not laughing because of the situation. I'm laughing because this is nervous laughter. In 2014, if I have a child, which I don't have, if I have a young black male, I have to still give him the talk that my father gave me, that my grandfather gave him, that my great grandfather gave him. It's sad. It's truly sad. So we about to go into the next segment. We're going to talk about charter schools. It's How time do for we the feel percolator. About? It's time for the percolator. Percolator. Charter schools. How do so many people love them? They will fight. They will cry because their child is in that exclusive school. Nate. You know, um, this is a very interesting topic. You know, 
Um, at first, I was a big proponent of charter schools, and I still am. I think charter schools are good for education, particularly urban education. But just looking through facts and just, you know, looking through my own microscope, I find some flaws with the charter school system in the last couple of weeks. I think that char- charter schools kind of tries to white out the main issues within urban education. And they highlight, you know, the few that's in a bunch that are talented, that are smart, but it leaves so many still stuck in the basement. And I think that uh, charter schools need to do a better job of representing everyone, not just the elite few. Because, yes, we do have our elite few. You know, you have the ones out of the bunch, the one out of the 10 percentile percentage that is smart, that is accelerated. But we can't leave all these kids behind. And I think that's what charter schools are kind of doing is marginalizing the entire uh, entire group and highlighting this of certain few. But we should take care of all of our children because every children is valuable, every single one of them. I agree. <laughs> First off, I want to just say I love Pernilla. That is my jam. Yes. Um, Charters, it's a classic. And if you grew up in Jersey or Baltimore, I'm going to give them a little love. Okay. Go, go. It's a classic. And if you went to school and went to a dance, the dance didn't start getting popping, didn't start getting going until you heard that song. But I, I move on to charter schools, how I feel about them. You were passionate about this percolator. I, I was very passionate about it. It brought back good memories. Um, charter schools, in a nutshell, are very good schools for certain environments. Um, charter schools are so amazing for a community that is lacking. But charter schools also extenuate, um, I'm sorry, that's the wrong word. It actually accentuates the issues, the problems in the community. They show the problems on a more prominent level. Uh, you look at communities and charter schools and you see how the charter school is doing such a great job at hitting the mark on the school missions and visions. But then you look at, in comparison, the traditional school and you see how far away they are from hitting their mission and vision. There's too many children in traditional schools that are failing. And too many of us are propping up charter schools and giving them so much praise. But it's too many of us that are forgetting about the other children. Charter schools only have housed at one time a fraction of students in comparison to the traditional school that house all the students. Now, Let's let me never ask you a question with this, Jamil, because you know, I know this is the, the topic that is, is fine at your heart. Do you think charter schools were implemented, particularly in urban environments, for the theory of divide and conquer? I do believe that. Um, honestly, I don't believe that it was done in the most noblest attempts because in reality, if you know that the funding for a uh, traditional school is still receiving a great deal of money, but we know that there is a misappropriation of how the funds are being distributed, then we already know that we're allowing our students to fail. I don't blame big business, big government. I blame us as a people in our community. We need to become more aware. How many of you that have children showed up to your kids' PTA meetings? How many of you randomly go to your child's school and make sure you volunteer? I'm pointing at you. 
Because you know you don't. And yes, I understand. You got to work your five jobs just to live in the community that you live in. But the reality is, all you're doing is cheating your child because you're trying to give them the, the lifestyle that you didn't grow up with. But in the meantime, the sacrifice is that interaction that you may have had with your parents. Don't forget that. And I think that, you know, like I said, I, say, I play both sides of the fence on this because I understand the purpose and the premise of charter schools as well. Because, you know, you want charter schools to be able to, kids can be, to go to a place that you feel are, is um, accelerated, that you feel are talented. You want to give them the best platform to be successful. And to be honest with you, you know, we're going to be honest, it's an honest podcast. Some urban schools don't give them the exact vehicle to be successful. But why? Because you have undeveloped teachers, to be honest with you. But why? I gave you money to do a job. Mm -hmm. If you go to work every day, you perform subpar, okay? I don't care. So how is it that we allow these schools? I'm not talking about individual teachers, principals. I'm talking about the the institution as a whole. We know they're not doing their jobs, but we are not holding them accountable. That goes back to the parents, like you said before. It's not just parents, though. Well, Although the parents are hugely responsible because they don't even know what's going on half the time. It has to be someone, I feel, that has an invested interest in a child. And when we eliminate all these different variables, at the core of it, the only one that really has an invested interest in a child is the parent. Because everyone else, it's a service. Let's be honest. Well, it's a service. Education, teachers, administration, they all get paid to do a service. It's still a service. I'm, just, I'm messing with Nate because I'm trying to tell him stop tapping because there's a mic right there. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. We, we try our best to be as professional as possible. As you can tell, this is our first podcast. So we're going to have these moments where you're going to hear something jiggling in the background until we get it perfect. It's aesthetics. They love aesthetics. Come on. Seriously. Go ahead. I'm sorry for interrupting. No, no. That only thing I want to say is that we still <laughs> got to remember that education is a business. And teachers, administrators, like I said, are paid to provide a service to your children. The only person that has an invested interest is the parent. And if the parent doesn't show the invested interest, and many times this occurs in urban situations, is that the parents don't show an invested interest, then you can expect the administrators and the teachers to. I mean, at the end of the day, that's it. You have to show some care. You have to be around. If you're not there... If you're not keeping in contact with your child's teacher, if you're not going on the New Jersey website, because we are based out of Jersey, and looking at how the money is being distributed to each professional, all this stuff is public knowledge. It shouldn't take one person to go behind every... You should be invested in your child's future, and that's the issue that we have. You should go there, and you should talk. The charter schools are a beautiful thing. I am not against them, but they also display how horribly we are executing education in these dropout communities. I call it dropout because they truthfully are dropouts. These kids are not learning anything. We should not have to go through all this. Come on. Wake up. Wake up. Well spoken and just open our eyes. Accountability. We got to be accountable. All right. So what's our next topic? Um, I think we want to talk about something that we got into a little bit, uh, this us talking at Starbucks. 
Should the president have a black agenda? <laughs> oh, yes. That's we're getting deep. Good. All right, so this one, is, we're going to try to do this as good as possible. All right, so Nate's turn to pick a song. Okay. <laughs> All right. Take the baseline out. Uh-huh. 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 Yeah. Let it bump, though. everyone enjoyed the show so far um we've been trying to discuss um topics that we feel that the voiceless wants to know and wants to promote um my last topic tonight is going to be discussing president obama our boy and should he have a black agenda should he should he have a black agenda should he i think that i must just lead off i think that it's impossible for the president to have a black agenda what i think it is because on a basis is that I'm, I'm a truth teller. Like I said, I'm going to keep the truth. We don't have the clout. We don't have the power to really afford a black agenda and have one that's directly pointed to us. Because at the end of the day, gays, Chinese, whatever like that, have more capital than we do. And capital means a lot in politics. So if we're not funding, if we're not out here putting money in the president's pocket so that he can promote, he can create a, from a blueprint of black agenda, then we need to shut the hell up. And <laughs> I think that that's the problem. And I would love for the president to have a black agenda. And I really think that it would be greatly appreciated and beneficial for my, for me being an African-American man. But I can understand why. Because we just don't have the voice. And, and just to be true, we're not the ones putting money in his pocket. And we do not have the hammer. And the hammer is cash. Okay. You know what? I I was so ready to debate you on this. Because we actually had this conversation at one of the local Starbucks that we frequent um, yeah. constantly, honestly, and yeah. it was it was a that good conversation. Was good to me too, <laughs> but wow. in reality, I agree with Nate. I mean, I don't think that our president really can have a strict black agenda. It's it's almost impossible. He barely got into office. He got in there on a hope, skip, and a prayer. Uh, for him to help out just African Americans in a direct manner will be just unheard of. He has, in the same instance, helped pass health care reform. Also, he's trying to go after the American Dream Act. He's also... The prison industrial system. He's also trying to ensure that our children have capital in their programs. He's doing a lot. And think about this. He's doing this with no Congress. None. Zero. Zilch. Their whole agenda was to make him a one-term president. Now their second agenda is just to destroy his legacy. Exactly. In Congress, if they can't control the narrative, they you are public enemy number one. And that's one of the biggest problems Congress has with President Obama, besides him being a dark-skinned man, is that they can't control the narrative. And he is for the people. And if anyone says he's not for the people, you need to get them. <laughs> I, I, I agree. He's for the people. I mean, he may not be for you um, individually, but he's for the overall people. He's not here to, I don't believe he has some secret hidden agenda to destroy. I do believe he is still a politician, so you shouldn't put all your faith in him like he's Jesus, like so many of the people I come across have. You know, but at this point, we, we really 
just look at him and have to really admire that we do have an African-American president, yeah. African-American first lady, and African-American youngest sisters, okay? He's around, and it's something that we should really be happy And black media, and these black media practitioners are really, this rubbed me the wrong way, because where were you at when Reagan was around, hmm. implementing all these racist laws, when, hmm. around when Bush was around? Hmm. I didn't see any opposition. Soon as we get Obama in office, now everyone has opposition. And it's a lot of these black professionals that have agendas. And you're just mad that Obama hasn't addressed you personally, hasn't highlighted you to make your pockets fatter. Because at the end of the day, if you really was for the black cause and the black movement, you would have said something when Reagan, when Nixon, when Bush was in, in, in office. And we didn't hear anything. That's my take. Listen, I declared the Democratic, but I'm a Democrat, but I am conservative on a lot of views. I thought you was Republican. You always swear that somebody's Republican. You sound more like a Republican half the time. <laughs> but in reality, uh, we are both here as brothers to talk about how we are not alike. And it's sad that in this day and age, we feel that every black person has to be automatically alike. But our president, he's an individual. I'm an individual. I'm an individual. You're an individual. So why should he have just strict agenda? He should have a human human agenda where he makes sure all of us prosper. Because he's still the president of America. Not Africa. Not African Americans. Of the United States. That's all. So we're getting ready to go into our next portion where we talk about call to action. What we feel is a call to action to you all. Check it out. Nothing's too much. Words that I live by. That's just how I do. What is the call to action? Brief description. It's something that myself and Nate will state, and we want you guys to really take a second and think about and try to implement it in your life in some way. It's beneficial and it will help you. I'll go first. My call to action. You need to volunteer more. You need to go out there. People and don't have the time. Go on volunteermatch.org. Okay? I went on there a long time ago and it placed me with a program that worked around my work schedule. I have a very hectic work schedule and this particular website made sure that I can volunteer at least once a month. I'm sorry, you can do it. Volunteer volunteermatch.org. That's important. My call to action is, if you can't help someone in this world, how can anyone help you? You need to get to the point where you have to understand in America, in the world, if we don't help our weakest person, that issue will come on your doorstep one day or another. Understand, think about it. Very passionate. Basically, my call of action is just where has the love for free speech go? Has gone. Um, we all know Michael Sam um, came out last week, said he was gay, uh, all American from Missouri. And a lot of players, people in the media, anybody that's with a voice, you know, that opposes the lifestyle or have says anything that he might feel. Um, 
some type of pressure in the NFL. You know, players might not accept him. Has this been demonized and sort of just attacked by the media? You know, I know I'm not going to get deep in my opinion about homosexuality or anything about that. I just think that if you do have an opinion that is contrary to the popular opinion, you're demonizing America nowadays. And I think that's something that's not right because our basic core principles were in this country was foundation was founded upon of free speech and saying what you feel is true and saying what you feel in your heart without feeling being persecuted. And I think that a lot of people in the media has been persecuted that has opposed or stated a side that is not favorable. favorable. So my call to action is just if someone has free speech, I don't care if it's a Klan member, uh, someone glad, someone uh, Black Panther Party, we should respect their opinion because it's the constitutional right. Hmm. And miss it. <laughs> Call to action. I hope you guys really take these um, statements that me and myself and Mr. Nape stated and really think about it because a call to action is very true. It's very heartfelt. Um, I feel as though you should volunteer more and you should have the right to state your opinion as long as you're not putting anyone in any mortal danger. Exactly. That's my take on that. All right. I get that. All right, coming back with the last segment. Thoughts for the future. Thoughts about the show. Where you can reach us. Now, this is our closing of our first ever podcast. Yes. You know, we're real excited. You know, we hope we keep growing and evolving on a weekly. We made it. Two-week basis. Yep, we made it. Drake, hey, what's up? Hey. Um, <laughs> we got basically going to give you all our contact information here now. Now, we got an email account if you want to contact us, have any questions, any inquiries, anything you want us to discuss on this podcast with two brothers podcast at gmail.com. Two the number two. That's the number two, not the letter, the number two brothers podcast at gmail.com. You know, we know everybody's on Twitter all the time. You want to contact us on Twitter at brothers podcast. We're going to be actively writing posts on Twitter starting this week on Instagram is brothers podcast. Check us out on Instagram. SoundCloud is brothers podcast as well. And Mixcloud is a brother's podcast. So we're all over the place. You know, we're just one here. We're here for you guys. Social Network is a great avenue to communicate. So if any questions you guys have, any comments, um, definitely hit us up on all those different uh, venues. All right. So, leave in thought. Just uh, stay inspired. You know, no matter where you're at in life. Whether you got that pink slip or you didn't get the raise or you didn't get the school you want to get to. Any kind of add adversity you're facing, any dark cloud, use that as a learning experience because nothing is never a mistake. Everything is a learning opportunity. So every fall you get up, you find out and you learn from it. So we all gonna fall down. It's just not how many times you fall down, how many times you get back up. And you true. learn something from falling. Yep. Make sure you learn something from your mistakes. Yep. My my final thought, stay positive, stay true to yourself, and don't let nobody take you off your own course. You said it for yourself. You stay on top of your course and you will make it through any storm that is in front of you. I want you guys to just wake up in the morning and say to yourself, I got this. I got this. All right. 
As my brother just gave you all our information, definitely hit us up and we definitely will respond to you. Um, also, our personal stuff, if you want to sit out there. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, my website, uh, MrUrbanSports.com. If you feel like anything in sports that the street's not talking about, anything you want to be addressed, you know, definitely hit me up. Uh, MrUrbanSports973 at gmail.com. Uh, also, uh, my Instagram, MrUrbanSports. Twitter, MrUrbanSports. Anything you feel um, that you want to know. And also, uh, I will be covering the Lakers in the, in the Wildcats for Inscriber Digital Magazine. Uh, owner is Rob. I can't remember his last name. I just got it. So I'll get that to you next week. So. <laughs> okay. It hit you on the Twitter with the information. Also, you can find me at jmills22 on Twitter. You can find me at... Is that the number or the letter? Oh, yeah, that's right. J Mills, J-A-Y-M-I-L-L-Z, numbers two, two. All right. Um, also, you can find me on Instagram, paid179. I want to make sure that you can hit me up on there also. And he's a DJ. Yeah, I was about to say, you can find me at DJ Specialist 360 at Gmail. Um, you can also find me at DJ Specialist 360 on um, Instagram, Twitter. You can find me on Mixcloud, Soundcloud. Um, just look for the newest releases. All right. I also write, but I'll say that for another time. All right. So this is from the two brothers here. The Brothers Podcast. We want to end out. We're going to give you a dope song. What song are we going to end them with? You don't know yet. We might hit you up with some rose. We don't know. No, no. All right, y'all. Take it easy. And keep climbing up the Lord's ladder. Never let nobody take you off your trajectory. Damn, you're hitting deep. <laughs> deep. All right. All right, guys. Till next time. You good. Peace. <laughs>